The first lesson for today is also going to be, again, the basis for the sermon this morning from Acts chapter 3. What's just happened? Well, in Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost, so it's quite a distance from Easter. But what happened after Pentecost is Jesus equipped his disciples, his apostles, to witness his resurrection and what that meant in people's lives. So at the start of chapter 3, Peter and John go to the temple, and there's a crippled man from birth. He's never walked. And Peter does this miracle in Jesus' name, and the man gets up and walks, and he's hanging on to Peter and John as he's celebrating his new ability and his healing, and a crowd gathers. And Peter gets to preach on how and why this happened. That's what we have here in Acts chapter 3. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. It's a part of the temple in Jerusalem. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though Pilate had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. That was Barabbas. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. The word of the Lord. Christ has risen. Nice. Yes, let's. One of the names for the Bible is the Word or God's Word. It's different from saying the Holy Scriptures, Scriptures being the, the scripted stuff, the written stuff, the writings, the Holy Writings, or the Bible, calling it the Bible. The, the Bible is from the Greek word for the book the book of books. It's the book of all the books. If there's a, the book, that's the book. It's This is the book. It's the Bible. But I want you to think about calling God's word the word. Our theme for today is certain hope comes through the word, the word. You say it's God's word. What, is that, what does that mean to you? Have you thought about that? Calling it God's word. It's not God's words. 
And we know that it's all God's words, okay? But we don't call it God's words like he says one thing one day and he says another thing another day. It's not God's words that way. It's God's word. God has a thing to say to you. Did you hear that in the gospel today when Jesus was there with his disciples? And he says everything that was written in the books of Moses and the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms was written about me that you're looking at a simple message, not a complicated one, not, a, um, not one that's like all split up in mul multiple facets or something like that. It's, it's the word. There's a word and you're looking at it, Jesus is saying. You're looking at the word of God, what it always was saying, what it is saying, and what it always will say. It is the word. Was, is, will. God's word to you. And that is crucial for people, for you to know what it is that God says to you is vital for your soul's salvation, for you to know exactly and clearly what God says and not lies, not something else. You can compare, this is what God says, he's not saying that, and he's not saying that because I know what he is saying and he's saying this, and that's his word. It's the message of life. People need this to operate in life. It's the story that is getting told. And it's not many stories. It's not a changing story. There's one story. There's always been one story, and there's always been one word that's come from God, and it's all about Jesus. And that's huge when you get to a, a moment like Acts chapter 3, you're after the day when Jesus has gone up into heaven. So you could say part of the world is beginning to turn without Jesus involved except if you are one of his apostles and you know that he lives and he just sent his spirit and Jesus is busy doing lots of good things for people still today, but many other people in Jerusalem were moving on. They were moving past. And so if we're calling Jesus the word, you could say, there went the boat and they're still at the dock. They're, they're moving on to a wordless life. And it's there, Peter and John are entering the temple courts and this miracle took place because a man crippled from birth was sitting there on the ground every day brought by somebody to beg for money, asking for money. And he's there and he says what he said to a lot of other people, he says it to Peter, he says, do you have any money for me? And Peter says, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I'll give to you. And you know what he gave him? The word. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That was it. It's, he didn't say, in the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's there at the temple, and Peter is using the name of Jesus still. Like, Jesus is still doing stuff? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Focus on that. It's not, in our, it's not in what we read before, but that's exactly what Peter said to him. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That walking happened with nothing else attached to it. So you know how you watch a magician at work, and a magician is doing tricks, card tricks or disappearing tricks or something like that. I don't know about you, but I'm always that person that's like, 
I bet there's got to be some like crack in the curtain and I'm going to see the trick. I'm going to see, you know, what gives it away, how it's really done. You know, you're kind of looking for that sleight of hand, like what's sitting in your lap under that table? Can I look? Come on. I know you're trying to fool me with this. Do you ever do that? You just, you just want to know you're going to get the secret. That's exactly what this moment was then for the people in the temple. Somebody had his ankles and feet strengthened and was walking around and he was the same guy we recognize that was crippled from birth and has never walked in his life. So he didn't just like take some ibuprofen and start to walk it off, deal with his issues. No, he's never walked before. He could not walk. He's not healing an injury, give me six months and this is going to get better. No, he had nothing. He could not walk. And now he's walking. So this crowd gathers. Jesus is not a magician, neither is Peter. But they all come wondering, how did you do that? And they hear this jubilant beggar who had been crippled and now is walking. He is like singing and he's jumping and he's dancing and he's hanging on to these two guys who were involved in this, one Peter and one John. So it's time to explain how'd you do the trick. And Peter's like, I see that look in your eye. You you, you're thinking I did this. Like, Peter Power, you know? Nope, pretty wimpy. It's not Peter Power. Is it our godliness? I am, because we're here at the temple at the three o'clock prayer, you know, the, the alarm goes off and we're there in prayer time for the afternoon prayer hour. We're there like all good faithful Jews and we're so godly that we healed this man wrong again. It's time to reveal to you the word. And that's what Peter gave to them. He says, why are you surprised by this? And the theme of the sermon comes out right away. God is saying something to you. This is consistent with his word to people. He has glorified his son. You hear that? He's glorified his servant, Jesus. And he says the name. The same name that he had just used to heal that man in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That's why Peter goes right to it and he says to the crowd, God has glorified his servant, Jesus. There was no other name associated with this miracle. There's no other name that owns this moment, that owns that miracle, that owns that healing. It's the name of Jesus that's written all over this. God is saying something to you today. God is. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? <laughs> Peter is telling them God's still talking. Jesus is still speaking. He lives and it has implications for your life. There is a reason this man is walking. There is a reason this happened. And I get to tell you the word that is the basis for that reason. The word of God to people. So that's what he's going to unpack for them. Are you ready for this? He's going to unpack for them the word in the name of Jesus. And you know how he starts? God has glorified his servant Jesus and you, what did you do with Jesus? 
I don't know, it's probably not a popular way to preach. What did you do to Jesus? You wanted him killed. Even Pilate was like, I got nothing on this guy. He's pretty stand-up, innocent one in my book. I was set to release him, but boy, you really wanted him dead. You really, really wanted him dead. And then I even was, had the chance to release somebody to you, and you asked for the murderer instead of the author of life. This is what Peter reviews. Is it too soon? <laughs> too close to Good Friday? But he goes right there to that moment. Why? Because a story was unfolding before their eyes. A word. A word that was spot on to meet every single one of them. A word that met them where they were. And I want you to internalize this because God does the same thing every time his word speaks to you. In our worship services or in your devotional life, God's word is aimed to speak to you that perfect word, that that, that word, it fits, it fits the whole, right? It heals the wound. It makes it all right. It is all true. It rings true, and it speaks true into our lives. And that's exactly what Peter was saying this is doing. This was a Jesus that you killed, that you betrayed. You disowned him, though Pilate didn't want to. But look at how this story panned out. It's part of the story. It's part of the realness of sin in this world. And how did it turn out? God raised him from the dead. So you picture like this tug of war, right? Between humanity and God. And God is saying, this is my servant Jesus. And the world is saying, no way, Jose. I don't like that. I don't like him and we want him dead. They were diametrically opposed, right? They were perfect enemies. Perfect in the sense of that like um, exact opposites, exact precise opposites that where they were pulling was the opposite of where God was going and it says something about the human condition that you are not able to walk that you too have a crippling about you and you and I can sense this that we are dead in our sins as we confess every Sunday that we do deserve punishment and wrath from God because we see this going on all the time in our hearts away from God. Our thoughts, our actions, they stand as clear testimony. He is an innocent one. God has done no harm to me. And what have I done to his name in this world? He is the holy and righteous one, the author of life who gives us life. And I put his way to death by the way you think. You see, you see the downward spiral sin is tied to? All the way down to what? All the way down to crippled from birth. All the way down to hell I deserve. All the way down it goes. Peter goes there because it's a story. It's true. It happened. But he says more. He talks about Jesus as a word given to people that they may be saved. Listen to how he, he goes quickly to the example of the man, the crippled man that was healed and standing before them that day. 
God raised this Jesus from the dead and in the name of Jesus and by faith in him, this man is healed. He says that twice. It's in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through Jesus, the faith that Jesus' name creates and engenders as people who are crippled look for something outside of themselves to walk. So people who are sinful look for something outside of themselves to be holy. People who are bound for hell look for help outside of themselves, a rope to deliver them from their own destruction. And Peter says, that's Jesus' name. That's what it was. This man is walking because that name meant something. And faith in that name was proved to be this blessing of this miracle that he stands before you healed. So it proves as a blessing in your life too. This is the word of God. This is the word of God that Jesus' name proves as a blessing in your life, too. You acted in ignorance just like your leaders, but God had a plan. Through all of his prophets, doesn't he sound like Jesus in Luke 24? Through all of his prophets, God said, that his Messiah would, what? Suffer. Not that his Messiah would come and be better than you, a better son, child of God than you. Not that his Messiah would come and teach. Not that his Messiah would come and rule. All the prophets, his word has always been this name has always been that his Messiah would suffer. Isn't that fascinating? Doesn't it put it all together what God's word to you has always been, what God's word to sinful people has always been, was not your suffering, but the Messiah's suffering, was not that you would die, but his Messiah would die, was not your punishment, but his punishment, that you might be healed. Peter is standing there and saying, this is what this living name means. This is what this living Jesus gives. This is his word. This is his word to you. His enduring word is in the forgiveness of sins, that he can walk and sinners can live and be forgiven. That is God's word to you. God has said that his Messiah would suffer. So there's a message that is for all people everywhere that anchors you, connects you in this life of Christ, in this name that is above every other name, in this one word of God that was the word, is the word, and will be the word on the last day. And that is the name of Jesus. So that times of refreshing may come, he says. You see where Peter is living? This certain hope coming through the word? Times of refreshing the forgiveness of sins. You would share it with other people and people would be refreshed. We're going to say this in a moment. After we take the Lord's Supper together, we will say, thank you. You have refreshed us. Remember those words? You have refreshed us with this Holy Supper that we might love you and love others. You have refreshed me with your word. You've healed me again. You've made me Easter new, brought me the hope of eternal life, the resurrection of the body. 
I live because of you. Because that's your word. That's your name. That's who you are. Faith in him enjoys all of these things. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Peter knew what to say to people. He knew what to say there in Jerusalem when they all came wondering, what's the story? What's the story behind your miracle? He knew what the miracle was. He knew what the gift of God was. If I were to ask you, what do you love most about living Savior? Or what would you be willing to tell somebody else about your church? It makes you proud. It gets you excited. What would you say? It's all those nice folks at Living Savior. Come meet the nice folks at Living Savior. Come meet the smiling pastor. Am I a smiling? I am right now on purpose, so I could say smiling pastor. Come meet the, our smiley pastor. Come listen to the music. Come see the beautiful building. Come enjoy the programs we have going on, whatever they are after COVID. <laughs> Is it that? Is it those things? I sure hope not. I hope that you say to your neighbor what Peter said to his. We have the word. Come and hear the word. The word in the name of Jesus. Who alone does marvelous things. And calls the whole world to praise him. For all that he has done. I know you've heard this word before. But let us remember today that because Jesus lives, that word means everything to us. Because Jesus lives, that word is a word you can share with people and they will live because of it. That word is a name Peter could drop on a random day at three o'clock in the afternoon to a beggar's hands and he would walk again. So it is for you. Pick up that word Pick up that name of Jesus, share it in people's lives, and see the wonderful miracles that take place. In Jesus' name, amen.